Yeah, I was on the north side. I was trying to get it right at my mama's house. Yo, welcome back. It's uh, Scholarships, the podcast. Uh, this is Tone Gaines speaking. I'm with my co-host, Larry. Larry, say what's up. Yo, all I'm going to say is the rent is too damn high. <laughs> yeah, facts. The gas is too damn high. <laughs> Yo, what ain't happened? To- and ain't nothing on the shelves. And what, what happened to the, the guy that was, uh, you know, saying rent is too damn high was ahead of his time, brother. God damn, we need him. Yo, you know how much I guarantee he could he could at least make Senate. I think he's oh, in New York, absolutely. bro. Just think about it. He was complaining about this, what, 10 years ago? Bro. And now if he, bro, he's probably like. Modern, modern day profit. Yeah. So today we plan to discuss authenticity and this idea of bringing your whole self to work. We'll also discuss and address the stories where we have been told that we don't, quote unquote, look like lawyers. Man, I just think this is such a timely topic as we sort of wrestle with how to show up to work. Um, the whole idea of bringing your whole self to work looks differently when you're a minority uh, in corporate America. At the same time, I just I reflect on all those times when we got stopped on campus uh, because we didn't look like students. And then now we're sort of facing the same thing as 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 a, as attorneys, where we don't look like um, the the prototypical role um, that we actually play. Um, so I think this is something that is a hot button issue or or topic as people wrestle with how do I show up to work, how do I show you more of myself while also not um, sort of diminishing my accomplishments or putting myself uh, in harm's way. Um, so with that said, I guess what I'm wondering from you is, you know, now you've been practicing for four years. Uh, how do you show up at work? Like, I think initially I didn't show up as myself because I was trying to fit this narrative or this this image of what a lawyer, what I thought was a lawyer, mm-hmm. right? Until I was exposed to other Black attorneys who were just as smart, if not smarter. And it made it more uh, realistic of me to believe I could just be myself mm-hmm. and not like, you know, because a lot of times you, I confuse like stylistic points with like intellect partners have certain documents that they want certain ways. And when you get a, you know, red line, uh, from a partner, which is basically, you know, when you're, when you're drafting, for those of you that don't know, when you're drafting a document, you know, you'll send it to a, an associate and it'll go to like a senior associate. There's like a chain of people that are, the document will go to. And every time, you know, they'll basically look at your document, give their comments, then run this thing called a red line or a black line against your document to show like what changes they mm-hmm. made. Mm-hmm. And it's very intimidating where you get a red line back and it's just all red. Mm-hmm. Like, and you're just like, I just spent five hours doing that. Mm-hmm. Like it, it kind of throws, at least through me off. And I think a lot of times there were more stylistic parts yeah, where like absolutely. the guy would be like, I don't want you to use shall. Mm-hmm. Or, you know what I'm saying? I don't want you to use this word. Mm-hmm. And you use it and, you know, you see all of that and it adds up and it kind of makes you feel like you're stupid and you don't belong and all of these things. And this is something I also worked with my therapist on is just having the idea of like knowing that you belong because they're not out here giving black people free money, bro. No, you know not what at saying? all. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's the wildest thing too. Yeah. I mean, not, not to get us off track, but it's like whenever I see people throwing shade or, or whatever, I'm like, you think this billion dollar corporation is just hiring anybody and paying up six figures? Yeah, know? no, I, just like when, uh, I mean, you, by the end of the day, corporations have to meet 
they have to keep you know their shareholders mm -hmm. happy they so to to make it to kind of downgrade yourself and make it seem like they're they just hired you for diversity i don't know i don't think that that's if you look at law firms it's not like they're looking for diversity mm -hmm. as much all that to say i think um you know authenticity is important because it's better to be yourself because they're not gonna they're not gonna hire you or bring you on if they don't think you can perform mm -hmm. so it's better just to be exactly who you are because it's the only person that matters by the end of the day you know what i'm saying how do you, how do you deal with that yeah so um i think my definition of authenticity is really being true to yourself mm -hmm. uh, and for the longest time i didn't realize this that being true to yourself varies depending yeah. on like the setting that you're in mm -hmm. And so I used to think that like if I was being like too formal or too or too proper or whatever that I wasn't being authentic. And it's like mm -hmm. no, I'm being true to what I think the situation or the environment commands. And mm -hmm. so that's one thing I've learned. It's like no, like the way I talk to you is not going to be how I talk to my boss, right? Mm -hmm. it's too, it's, there are different ways that I handle these situations. And so what I've learned over time is all right, I can still be honest and true about who who I am, what my values are, while also sort of showing glimpses of my private persona in the, mm -hmm. in the workplace. But I don't I don't do that a lot, right? Like when I'm with you, the way we talk, the way we kick it, isn't going to be the same as when I'm in the corporate room or in the meeting. Mm -hmm. uh, and part of the reason that, like, I've learned that is that um, you've got you've to take the work seriously, right? Mm -hmm. You've got to take uh, those situations, the setting seriously, because if you don't, people start to judge like, you know, your, your work product mm -hmm. and your work ethic and things like that. And so I've learned over time that Authenticity isn't being like like lax and chill and, and casual. Um, you you can you can be those things, but really authenticity is being true to what the situation commands. Do you do you think that there's an added pressure, right? If the way you talk to me versus like you talk to your boss, like I'm not gonna fire you from being mm -hmm. my friend. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But like, do you feel do you feel that pressure when you're talking to him? Yeah. So so I, I guess that's what I'm saying. Like I learned that I used to think that people that never showed me like a glimpse of who they actually are, mm -hmm. that they wasn't real. I'm like, he's not real. Yeah. But I'm like, no, that's not necessarily true. They're being true to what the situation commands. And so, um, yeah, with my boss, we'll, we'll talk about like, we'll, we'll, we'll handle business. We'll talk, we'll take care of work. We'll talk about work expectations and things like that. And then we may talk about some shows that we're watching and stuff like that. And so I, I provide glimpses of like who I really am to her, but, never in a way that's like uh, unprofessional or, mm -hmm. or relaxed and, and things like that. And I used to think that to be authentic would be to be like just how you are all the time. And, yeah. I, and I don't, I don't think that's true. Yeah. No, I think that, I think that there's a certain way you should handle yourself professionally, right? Like if there, you can stretch the, uh, or you can go to the border, but crossing that border is, you know, is very, it can be very intense, right? Mm -hmm. Like, cause you, granted, like I said, I have a, I have a nose ring and, I get on Zoom calls and things like that. And I'm okay with that right now. I don't know if I'll always be okay mm -hmm. with it, but I understand like we're not in, like I'm not on a call with a client, mm -hmm. you know, like I'm actually, I'm at this firm because I like the culture. Mm -hmm. And if the, if I had a nose ring or I dyed my hair blonde or something crazy, I don't know. I mean, those are things that you should be okay with, mm -hmm. right? Like you're, I'm, I got this because I have to be okay with, you know, being who I am. And if, if the firm doesn't accept that, and they're mm -hmm. like, you're not worthy. Mm -hmm. I mean, to me, that's a stupid reason, but that's, that's a reason that's they a can, yeah. they can let you go. Right. Mm -hmm. Like if you, if you have, you know, certain, certain looks, pink hair or whatever, mm -hmm. um, you know, I think there's some, uh, some validity in knowing that you're being your, your true self, quote unquote, mm -hmm. but also there are like, there might be things that you have to deal with. Mm -hmm. I just got to a point where I'm okay with dealing with that, mm -hmm. you know, cause it's not like I have a, 
face tattoo that kind of just is like ridiculous, like a unicorn or something. So, so I've, I've got an example, right? So like we we just went to Rolling Loud, right? Mm-hmm. The concert mm-hmm. and we got, you know, VIP. We did all these things, right? Yeah. The way we describe how that went, like Rolling Loud with our friends yeah, is different than when I'm at oh, work. Oh, for right. sure. So at work, I'll just be like, yeah, I traveled to LA this weekend and, and we went out and, and it was a good time or went to a concert. Right? Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. That's that's different than, than how I would describe it when I'm talking to y'all. But it's like, that's the same thing. I'm being true. Like, it's yeah. just, they don't need to know. Like, when people are asking, how was your weekend? They don't actually want to know no, how no, was your weekend. Yeah, no, it's like, hey, give me a couple highlights. Like, right? And so, again, <laughs> earlier in my career, I thought I had to actually go into, like, detail about, like, things like that. And it's like, no, you don't have to do any of that. So, do, you, do you typically... Uh kind of blend your social media and your profession like do you have friends or coworkers that that follow that's, you or? that's a good question so in general i would say no like yeah. for the most part i try to keep those uh, separate and i think like i would recommend that you know if you are going to be somebody with a, like a public profile page on instagram yeah. that you and that you have like a separate like, oh for sure yeah. friends and family yeah. and things like that but for me i just have a private one and i don't let them in unless we've crossed that um, that boundary of like not just work friends, but we're actual friends. So I've got a couple people that are like, I consider actual friends. Yeah. So I'll let them in, but beyond that, I don't let anybody in. Yeah, I know. I, I do I do the same where, I, like if we've had drinks together multiple times over like mm-hmm. a, a span of months and like you kind of know about me, right? Because I, I mean, there's only so much work you can talk about, right? Mm-hmm. If we've talked about real situations and I feel like I can trust you, of course, like, I mean, to me, it's not it's not anything that's that serious, right? Like, as I do feel that I'm still the same somewhat because I'm not posting mm-hmm. that I'm at the club every day because I'm not, right? Like, I'm not posting anything that's kind of ridiculous to mm-hmm. be like, oh, you know, he's a lawyer. But I do post it for, like, my friends that aren't lawyers. And they under- I want them to see, like, you know, this is a lifestyle you can have, mm-hmm. you know, and this is the lifestyle you can, you can, you can uh, get accustomed to mm-hmm. if you were a lawyer. Like, you still have to work right like i also post times when i'm like up till 3 a.m in the morning working mm-hmm. you know but i think that that's it's the it's the yin and yang it's the balance you know no, I'm, I'm the same way like i said like if if you've never shared like your true private persona with me or like if we've never had like a real moment where i felt like you were telling me something in a space that you were like vulnerable mm-hmm. if you've never done that then i can't let you into my private spaces either that's kind of that's kind of how i treat it I think we just live in this time where everyone believes a certain thing about everyone. Mm-hmm. It's, it's tough to, to balance the profession, mm-hmm. you know, because everyone wants, everyone says all those things like be your authentic self. And I think we just have to get to a place where we're okay with people being different, people being weird, people being whatever. Mm-hmm. Like that's your thing. You know I, what I'm saying? I, I even had a time where um, someone at my company gave me uh, tickets to a basketball game. Right, and then I, you know, I post while I'm at the game, and then uh, one of my colleagues responds like, "Oh man, good seats." And I'm like, "Yeah, so and so gave them to me, thinking that we're friends yeah, and yeah. it wasn't gonna be a thing." It turns into a whole thing. Like, I don't understand how, how like, how how's he deciding who gets the tickets to this? Yeah. And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> like, like wow. the, the guy knows that I like the Bucks. He gave me the tickets. Yeah. So, like, it's that simple. Like, yeah. it has nothing to do with you. So that's another like pitfall of like letting people follow you on social media. It's not the big things. It's not always that, oh, I was out drinking or something like that. It's like, yeah, I might have got this extra benefit and you didn't get it and now you're looking at me crazy. So yeah. it, it could be a little stuff. Yo, and just to, just to, on the flip side of that, right? Like, do you think you've ever 
um, and I have a few stories on this too, but do you think you've ever like presented yourself formally as an attorney and it not be like, you don't get you, it's like unbelievable that you are. So they kind of think that you're, you know, not an attorney, like you're overdoing it. Like, like, what do you mean? Like, like to like just anybody that follows me on Instagram? No, 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 not even, not even social media right now. I guess I was thinking about, you know, the idea that you don't look like a lawyer. Oh, just like in life. Yeah. Like, have you ever had a situation where someone indirectly said you don't look like a lawyer? Bro, all the time. (laughs) We get that all the time. I mean, we're, we're young African-American professionals. Like we're in our thirties, early thirties. Um, I don't have any facial hair, you know, yeah. like, like I look young and, I, and I'm, I'm a black guy. So like, I get that all the time. I feel like whenever you're in a social environment and people are, people always want to know, what do you do? Right. Mm-hmm. And then you say, yeah, I'm a commercial real estate attorney. Yeah. And they're always like, like, if I don't leave with that, you get all kind of assumptions. Mm-hmm. Like, so I kind of, I kind of put, put people in their place right away. But yeah, no, a lot of times early in my career where I would say, Hey, cause you get into an Uber or something and you just like, Hey, what do you do? I'm like, yeah, I work at a, whatever company you know oh what do you do there i work in the law department like like i, I would intentionally not say what i do because i didn't want to even go down that path and then they were oh like a paralegal or something and i'm like no i'm an attorney right yeah. and then like <laughs> they would just be like oh wow like like and then like i fucking landed on the moon or something yeah. you know like so i've definitely gotten that a lot just in my life um and in my practice like you don't look like a lawyer for sure yeah and i think i, I think um i have i have a bunch of stories one that was kind of uh funny to me now is uh i used to do a uh like a i don't know i used to work with uh tenants to help them like avoid evictions mm-hmm. for uh, when i was at notre dame um it was a clinic basically and uh, i had this one client that i was dealing with for bro like four months three months um and we were on the phone like every day whatever and it got to a point where she was just like you know i think we're going to court uh, or I told her, I, I think we're going to go to court. Like, it'd be best if you came in and, you know, we discussed, you know, what your case and everything. And I am I was never really interested in, you know, real estate or tenant, uh, tenant landlord uh, stuff. But, you know, this is just something that I, I enjoyed at the time. So the woman comes in, I have a suit on, suit and tie, mm-hmm. like, you know, whatever. And, uh, you know, I'm like six foot. So, you know, I'm, I'm fairly built. Like, I'm not like, you know, <laughs> I'm not like. That you know, a top athlete, but you know, I look like I can you know, play a sport or two. And she comes in and she's like, "Hey, um, you know, oh, like nice to meet you." And I was like, "Oh, I'm Anthony." And she was just like, "Oh, wow, like that's that's great." <laughs> um, and I was just like, "I know." I was just like, "Oh yeah." So we started talking about the case and whatnot. And you know, our case, uh, I think the judge had us uh, set for like the next, like next Monday or something like that, or next some sometime next Monday, I think. And, you know, this was a Thursday and she was like, you know, we're, we're wrapping up everything. I've kosher through or walk her through the whole case. And she's just like, yeah, so, um, you know, I know you have a lot of things going on, but like, you know, I know there's a game on Saturday. I don't need you focused on the game. Like, I need you to, you know, focus on my case. Like, you know, if, if you can, just like, you know, when the, your coaches are on, you kind of just, you know, take, yeah, take time to, uh, to go through my case and I was like um what and she was like I mean because you're a football player right I went to Notre Dame she's like you're a football player right and I was like no wow and she was like oh I'm so sorry she was like you're a basketball player and I was like oh, I was, yeah. double down, <laughs> double down. <laughs> and I was just I was so um 
so taken back and I was just like, no, nah, just, just law school. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just, I'm just in law school. Mm-hmm. That's, that's it. You know, it's not anything else. Just, just law school. And she was like, Hmm, like she paused. Yeah. And it was, it was one of those times where I'm like, she really doesn't believe it. You know, that I'm a lawyer. Yeah. Um, you know, fast forward, the case got dismissed because, you know, she ended up settling with the landlord, but it was one of those times where I was like, I truly was trying to like, I looked like a lawyer. I met her at the clinic and yeah. she was just like, there's no way, you know, that you don't play a sport. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those times, I mean, you get that from like, you know, cops or, or a lot of, you know, a, a lot of the population this, these days. I remember another story I had. Um, so as you know, Notre Dame is in South Bend, Indiana. Um, and I was currently living in Chicago. I mean, I'm currently living in Chicago, so that's where I reside. And basically I would come back and forth from Chicago, South Bend. Mm-hmm. South Bend. And um, at the time, me and my buddy, an Indian uh, man, he was also at Notre Dame, has a like a beat up like Hyundai or something mm-hmm. like that. It's like a blue Hyundai. Like the tents were all like, I don't know, trash or whatever. We're driving. And, um, you know, we had uh, like, there was not, it was just, we were just talking and like, we looked back and there's Dodge, I don't know, cruiser or something like that, mm-hmm. just following us for like, for like, like 20 miles. Um, so he was just kind of perplexed, right? Like he was like, what is going on? Like, I'm, I don't know what's happening. So the, the guy, the cop pulls over, um, pulls us over and he's like, Hey, you know, where are you guys coming from? And we're like, Oh, we're, you know, coming from South Bend, whatever, like, you know, just heading back to Chicago. Cause he was dropping me off. And the cop was like, Hmm, like, you know, can I, can I talk to you in the, in the squad car or whatever? Like, sure, I guess, you know, whatever. So he takes him back. He starts questioning him right before that. He was saying that the tents were kind of too dark mm-hmm. for Indiana mm-hmm. and I'm not lying, bro. You could look in the tents and see the other person. Mm-hmm. So there's like from the outside, yeah, you yeah, could yeah. look in the car and see like they weren't they dark. Weren't, they weren't too dark. It was yeah. basically one of those. I knew what it was yeah. right. Growing up in Moore, I knew exactly what time it was. So he goes through and he, he's asked all these questions about where he's been. What is he doing? Cause he has, UV, he has Virginia license yeah, place yeah. or uh, yeah, Virginia license place. So um, he's like asking him all these questions. So then he comes to me and he's like, hey, man, like, you know, I was talking to your friend back there. And, um, you know, he asked me the same questions like, you know, where are you from? You know, what are you doing? And I was like, yeah, man, I'm just, uh, you know, we're both in law school or whatever. And I show him my Notre Dame law school, uh-huh. like card with my license and everything. And he's just like, hmm. He was like, you know, I was talking to your buddy in the back or in the squad car. And he was, I asked him, could I search the car? And he was like, no. And he was like, Did, do, you, do you know why he would say no? And I was like, it, I don't know. It's his car. And he was like, well, if it was your car, would you let me search it? And I was like, my car is irrelevant. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and like, this is a, me having a car right now or me, what I would do mm-hmm. is irrelevant to the whole thing. And it's, the fir- it's, it's, it's the first time where, like, I was in law school. Bro, I know the law. You know what I'm saying? Like we were just in con law. Mm-hmm. We were just in all of these classes. Yeah. And I knew that. And I could not like think about like what was act, what I should mm-hmm. say legally. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Cause I just, I, re- I reverted back to being a black man in the middle of nowhere yeah. uh-huh. and just thinking about like what is about to happen. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I give him my life. You don't want to be a smart ass. Yeah, exactly. Fourth Amendment yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, Cause then it becomes something else. Mm-hmm. Right. So I give him my, I show him my law school thing. He runs everything, comes back clear, and he's just like, you know, so I just have a hunch. You know, there's he was like, there's something in me. I just have a hunch, and I'm I'm typically never wrong. 
And I was just like, a hunter about what? And he was just like, you know, I think, I don't know. I like your ID kind of looks kind of funny. Like this is real. And I'm like, bro, wow. why, why would we both lie about being in law school? Yeah. I have a fake, like a Notre fake Dame, wow. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, card. So he ends up, he's like, you know, I just have a hunch. Could you step to the squad car? So he's just like, yeah, we're just going to call the canine unit and like have the canine unit search our car. Since we gave him no, yeah, we said you can't search mm-hmm. our car because there was nothing to, yeah. there was no reason to, mm-hmm. right? And um, so then we have to wait, bro. We're there for like an hour. Wow. And, and the canine finally comes. Nothing is there. Yeah. And I was, and the whole time he was just like, well, I guess that was just a mistake, you know? And it was just one of those times where I was like, bro, I had the education. I showed him my license. I showed him everything. He even asked for my social security number. I gave him that too, bro. And he still was like, no, I don't believe you. I have I have a hunch. It's Indiana for you too. It's Indiana yeah. for you too. But I think it is one of those times where, you know, no matter how equipped we are as black men or black professionals in law, those when when that when that situation happens, all bets are off. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because you don't know what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. And it was it, it kind of humbled me and made me realize like, yo, you are doing something great, but there's so much work to do. Yeah, you know so what I'm saying? So much work to do. Wow, that's crazy. I never heard that story. Yeah, yeah. You never told me that. Yeah, no, it's, it, it was it was a it was an interesting time. All my, all my examples aren't that like overtly yeah. racist, right? Yeah. All mine are more so like microaggressions and little little subtle jabs of people making it clear that like they're surprised that I've made it this far or they're surprised mm-hmm. that, that, that I do what I do um, or uh, that I don't belong or something yeah. like that. What, so what's your, what's your response to that? And I guess, cause those microaggressions weigh on you too. I think part of my response to that is this podcast, right? Like, yeah. like talking about it, letting it, letting it be known, uh, educating people that these things do exist. Uh, and also like giving examples uh, of, of us as attorneys to people coming up, you know, I don't want people to say, I think my goal really is at some point when a, a young black kid from Northside says I'm an attorney, it's just like, oh, okay, yeah, that's, you, yeah. you have a job. Good. It means something. Yeah, like, it but, means but, something. but you have yeah. a job. Like, yeah. okay, good for you. You know, it's not like, oh my God, you landed on the moon. Yeah. Like, that's kind of how people act sometimes right now, and I don't like that at all. No, I think, yeah, I agree. We wanted to normalize the profession, mm-hmm. right? Like, and talk to, have these stories or these conversations where, you know, people that are listening, white, black, you mm-hmm. know, or whatever, um, Hispanic, all, all of that, if they hear these stories and they, they too can relate mm-hmm. or have seen, especially with social media, right? Like, they have seen this happen. Mm-hmm. And to make this more normal for us, for them to be like that exists acknowledge it and understand that like they could do their part and we could do our part to help the black kid or help the brown kid or whoever um just be okay with being a lawyer and that's like enough and you belong you you deserve to be there i think your your story about you know your police car story is so important because obviously for me it's like it doesn't surprise me just because yeah. of like all the things that i've dealt with in my life but there's somebody listening that's like, oh my God, I can't believe that happened to yeah. Tone. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, and so I think they might see stuff in the news and read about it, but this is another thing when they've got like somebody that they went to law school with yeah. or that they practiced with that had to experience that. Because for some reason they think like we've got like this, this like cloak or like just something that mm-hmm. like we're, we're like, because we're attorneys, we're protected from racism or something. It's like, it's like no, like when I'm driving around, nobody knows I'm an attorney. Like I can. Yeah. I've been painting my house, you know, like I could be, I could look at real rugged. Like the police don't know what, what I do for a living. That won't protect me. Like they see a black man, you know, 
Yeah, and I think it's I think it just makes it uh, it makes it more real for people, and I think it it, it just opens a, a broader conversation. Because, needless to say, like I think the cop. I remember watching a documentary, and the cop was like, "It is my job to be racist in this way," because mm-hmm. he was dealing with people. Um, he was dealing with like border control or mm-hmm. something like that, and he was like, "If I see two brown individuals in a pickup truck, I'm pulling them over every time." You know, which is. And I think that speaks to the broad, the broader, the broader issue of the system, right? Like the system is corrupt. It had, it was built off of this, and it just makes it, it makes it harder to deconstruct that. You know, it's a lot to do. So we're fighting a lot of years of people being used to this type of power. You know, one thing I wanted to actually ask you is, as you've been learning more about the law, and as you've been practicing longer. What's the process been like for finding your voice in the law? And then when you're given legal advice, like, do your clients accept it? Or do you ever feel like they're like second guess you or anything like that? Have you ever dealt with anything along those lines? Yeah, I think um, I have a finding my voice, at least. That was a big part of uh, my, my story. I had a mentor of mine who, who talked to me and he was like, he was a white guy. And he was just like, look, man. Um, he was like, I don't, I don't care what how you speak. I don't, I don't think that that's an issue. I think you're very smart. But he was like, there, there's going to be a time where you're at in a room with a partner. You might say something that they might equate to a lesser individual or something like that, mm-hmm. and it'll be an awkward conversation. It'll, they'll judge you. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I never want that to happen. You know. Mm-hmm. So then when we're talking, like. You know, I'll give you advice on what you should do and you can do it or not do it. I don't give it. I, he's like, I care for you and, and love you regardless. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think, um, you know, I took some, some some of his advice and took, I didn't take others. Um, I think it helped me find my voice because I had to realize that people understand me. Mm-hmm. They just are assholes a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like they're not, they're, they're just acting like they don't know what I'm saying. In mm-hmm. reality, you know, I speak just as clear as anybody from the hood. Mm-hmm. P- you're just less patient with them mm-hmm. when they're speaking, mm-hmm. to me at least. And I think finding your voice is all about being comfortable with whatever comes with it. Mm-hmm. I-, I can say how I, w- I can speak freely on this on this platform because I'm okay with how my voice comes across. Mm-hmm. I-, I know my intentions are good. I know that I'm trying to, you know, convey a- an authentic, real story. Um, and that's how I-, I practice. That's how I. I live my life because I think it's it's so uh, tiring to to not do that, mm-hmm. you know, to to can to always act like oh I have to speak this way every day and I have to do it. It's just exhausting, mm-hmm. bro, to do that on a mm-hmm. daily basis. So it kind of it helped like those those uh, that mentor and everything else just helped me find my voice. So what 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 about you? So yeah, the first question was just about finding your voice, and for me. Um, I think what I struggled with early was, again, being too casual or laid back. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I would start some negotiation calls, like, just trying to get to know the person. Yeah, and friends. Going and be friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they would shut that down pretty quickly and, yeah. like, get super formal. So I was like, all right, I get it. Like, we're, we're here for this reason. Mm-hmm. And, and that's fine. Like, if that's how you want to play it. But um, I used to try to bring, like, just, like, a human element to, to certain mm-hmm. rooms, and it wasn't really well-received. Um, and so that's my sort of finding my style, negotiation style, finding my voice. Those are all things that I had to deal with. And then the second question that I asked you was really about um, when you're actually learning how to deliver legal advice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, early in your career, you're still figuring it out. And at least for me, I'll speak for myself, like you're you're hoping you're not wrong when you're delivering advice. Yeah. You're hoping you're giving 
um, solid and sound advice. And so there was a time when a client had me researching something like it was a, so I, I practice mainly in Wisconsin, but a lot of our real estate ventures are all across the country. Mm -hmm. And so I was researching uh, an issue in Arizona. And so I'm not a licensed Arizona attorney. So that's, that's where one part of doubt was creeping in. So, all right. The other part was this client, when I say client, I mean like internal professional, mm -hmm. this internal real estate professional had been working at the company for like 30 years. So he asked me a legal question. So I'm researching like the local Arizona statutes and then I come up with what I think the answer is. And because I'm still earlier in my career when this happened, I had like a super senior attorney review it and mm -hmm. say, yep, that's correct. Right. But, th but the client didn't know that. Mm -hmm. So I sent out this, this email memo to this client. Um, he, he never responds. I never hear back uh, initially. What he did is he forwarded my email to like his superior and was like, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. He's wrong. Like, like, like he threw me God, under damn. the complete bus. <laughs> yeah. And then so that guy scheduled a, a call with the attorney that supervised me, basically. And, mm -hmm. like, we had made it a big ordeal or whatever. And the guy talks to my, my superior attorney. He's like, hey, we're looking at this issue, and, and you know, we think we, – he thinks Larry got it wrong. Mm -hmm. Larry got it wrong. Was, was it – and – my attorney was like, well, no, he, he is right. Like, like we actually worked together on that. Like, mm -hmm. just because like you didn't see me on email chain or whatever, like, like, like Larry, Larry's advice is right on this. So he made me look like an asshole or he made me, he made me look really bad. Like an he tried idiot. To, exactly. He tried to make me look an idiot. And I can't help but think it's because I was a younger black person. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think he forwards that email if it's the attorney that helped me with it. Like mm -hmm. he, he wouldn't have done that. And so, that's where like that, that that situation really bothered me um but it made me double down and always like making sure i'm thorough making sure like i'm submitting my best work product and putting my best um self forward just because we don't get the benefit of the doubt as, as black attorneys um one of my mentors he's a black attorney he's been working in corporate law for a long time he even told me like hey i want you to always wear a suit or a, a collar shirt or mm -hmm. something else like even at this company it's starting to go to where you can wear like t-shirts and jeans and yeah, things yeah. like that. He's like, those rules don't apply to you because people are going to try to attribute whatever they can to to your lack of credibility or lack of ability. And, and I don't want that ever to happen to you. And so just these are some of the things that I've experienced to where now I'm like, all right, let me be careful of how I show up because like we don't get the benefit of the doubt, like I said. Yeah. And inside pro tip, if you're a professional, every time you write an email, assume that it can be forwarded mm -hmm. i know that's yep. I, but i had to learn that early on mm -hmm. where i was uh and this kind of answers your question too where i was giving advice to a client and i sent it to you know the client and they sent it to their gc and i was just like oh no that that was just for you because i knew the client mm -hmm. and I, we have been talking and mm -hmm. all of this and i was just like oh this is this is what i'm uncertain of like all of this stuff and she sent it straight to the gc and i was like now i'm dealing with the gc mm -hmm. and it, it but all that to say, I think um, I live by this, the idea that, you know, lawyers aren't paid to know the answer. We're paid to figure out the answer. Mm -hmm. And I think if I, if I spend time trying to figure out the answer, right, I'm going to do, I'm really going to try, you mm -hmm. know, even though, even if it comes across as like, oh, he took a day off or whatever, he didn't care about this, this project. I really try to take time and really think through certain things. Mm -hmm. I think the, the best advice I have is that you're not you're not crazy for thinking the way you think mm -hmm. or 
you know, approaching the situation because there's a, a bunch of other people that will approach it the same way or, you know, a worse way or better way. Um, a lot of times it's, the answer is more obvious, right? We think that if the, you know, the client senses this email, we have to send them this long ass memo. Mm -hmm. In reality, they probably just need it like, yes or no, mm -hmm. can I do this? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, he, he threw me under the bus because it wasn't the answer that he wanted. Exactly, basically. exactly. And, and just to finish my story, the, the my supervising attorney was just like, did, did he go to law school? Has he has he put in three years of law school? Has yeah. he put in all of the hours that you put into reading that statute? I was like, no. He was like, so don't don't, don't worry about that. Yeah, like, like you're you're the attorney for a reason. Yeah. and that like gave me so much confidence in myself. Yeah, no, and even when I was representing uh, the the young woman at, at the, in the real estate uh, stuff, or if I had, I was also on an asylum case. Um, I had to realize that whoever you're represent, even though I don't do anything with asylum, uh, uh, immigration, or real estate, mm -hmm. that client or that person will be better suited with me in the in the courtroom yep. than not. You really have to have a sense of self in law school because and while practicing right because if you don't like know who you are somebody will tell you who you are mm -hmm. and it'll it'll kind of like throw off your trajectory you know so i think i think trusting yourself and understanding that like you have a lot more to offer you have a lot more to give for people that are that are might be similarly like like you whether it be they came from a similar background or or not a lot of times they just need help mm -hmm. and we can kind of help you with that. And I think that gives me power. That gives me assurance that like my voice and, and my direction is, is promised. Like you can't really question things that you pray for, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And we pray for this, you know? Absolutely. So I think it's, it's, it's beautiful to have us have these conversations where we realize like, yo, we are still figuring out our voice, but it's important to take time to appreciate like how far we've come. Absolutely. Yeah.